Hello, welcome to this podcast, or uh, rambling, rambling stuff. <laughs> I'm here with a yeah, I'm here with a chihuahua. That wasn't a chihuahua, obviously. Hello, yes, this is a baby. This is a nine month, nearly a ten month old baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wonderful. And so, what we're going to talk about is um. Again, another episode on consciousness, um, looking at um, thoughts as they've moved on from the, the incipient or first video. Video? Podcast, there we go. Um, so, uh, yeah, a key question might be, a key, it's not really key, it's more of a dramatic, yeah, dramatic question would be, is this 10 month or nearly 10 month old infant, um, that word from the the Latin, I believe, meaning without speech, in fans, without speech yet, is this gorgeous little creature, interactive, emotional, etc., privy to experiential subjectivity or consciousness? Does, does this creature, whom I love very deeply, have a, have a phenomenology yet? Or is it going to develop? And um, <clears throat> we say a dramatic question because um, you know th- um, we we respond very emotionally to that, and um, it would be it it's as if we were denying um, like not not reality to this little creature, but like a, a meaningfulness or a, um, a place or almost like a place in being or a um, we're denying them, I don't know, used to, to use a religious term, a soul. Um, and we're saying they're kind of like, not like us. Um, there's something else that's just escaping my expression. Anyway, you can probably feel the shape of it for yourselves, but we're, we're denying them that, that other thing that I've failed to express there. And um, I think that the... All of the, that emotional reaction is, um, as often emotional reactions are, innocent in the sense that we're not deliberately contriving them, but those emotions are just a, a, a spontaneous response and an understandable one. For example, in this case, you know, <laughs> I'm looking at my very noisy infant. I'm delighted with him, and uh, <laughs> making monster noises now, and um, time to explore. He's <laughs> now charging towards something to investigate it. Um, so yeah, the, uh, emotional responses. <gasps> if you don't think this thing is has consciousness, i.e., it can't suffer, it can't enjoy, it can't, etc., 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 then isn't that incredibly risky? Because you're then saying, in some sense, you're saying it's an object. And we know that that's an incredibly dangerous um, attitude to have towards um, a person. It's the, it's the um, kind of the worst um, road uh, down which, you know, great suffering will be, um, will be, uh, sorry, <laughs> may be caused. Um you know, and that and that's connected to other negative um, and related uh, situations like objectifying women, or um, or indeed um, treating you know animals as mere objects or uh, possessions, uh, things to be merely manipulated with our hands. Right, let me just pause this. Hello, I'm back again. Um, yeah, just gathering my thoughts. So, so we were talking about uh, having the idea that certain, let's say, uh, creatures, which includes human beings and aliens and insects, um, fish, etc., etc., uh, robots, I guess, um, all of these different things, maybe like software programs, I don't know, um, algorithms, um, whether these things have consciousness or not, or, or which of them do. Um, and then in particular I was talking about um, an infant, like we can hear now, are you okay? Are you 
okay? What would you like? It's almost lunchtime, isn't it? So we can go and maybe get some lunch. So let me pause. Let me pause this again and let's go and help you. Okay, see you in a moment. <laughs> Hello, and here I am back again. I hope you are well. Um, so for you, not much time has passed, but for, for myself and our infant, um, who is now having a lovely nap, um, a couple of months. Um, we're now approaching, I think we're a week off, one year old, 12 months. And um, talking of like development, I'm most interested for this, uh, for this second or return episode looking at consciousness, the spontaneous philosophy of consciousness. We're interested in um, the question, does consciousness kind of arrive or develop in either a, a gradual kind of process or, as I think, um, an event, a kind of... Um, um, is there another way of saying it than event? Like uh, something that, uh, that kind of like suddenly happens or it kind of like um, fault some, some like syst- systematic... Um, a transformation, I guess, at a a critical point, or or critical things happen to um, to like bring on this this kind of uh, or quality. Well, <laughs> you can you can hardly say anything about consciousness because it kind of uh, loops back, and you're you find yourself, or I do, I, I find myself presupposing um, what I'm trying to kind of express, um, and I think the uh, the thing to do for advice if you're finding yourself doing the same thing and for my future self is just to say what you were going to say because it's a lot less frustrating for people listening. So apologies for that. Anyway, our infant uh, can't quite... still an infans, so meaning uh, you can't um, articulate speech meaningfully yet. There are a few phonemes and, and things flying around. Um, so that's exciting. That's happening... Um, soon, but um, that reminds me, you know, well, what are the critical features of a person's development or a pre-person's, proto-person's development that might result in consciousness happening? That's the the question, the hard question of of consciousness. What is, what are the contents of the the explanatory gap to explain how that happens? Um, My hope is that if we have that explanation the way I see it so I, I see it as as this event this transformative uh, let's try yeah I'm going to revisit this so what I was trying to say is um, it's transformative kind of event it's some what things are going on in the the cognition the perceptual processes the limbic dynamics so in other words the the chemicals and the um, neurology behind the scenes <laughs> I don't know why I said behind the scenes well, I suppose it's because we can't see all that kind of stuff it's all microscopic and it's contained within the skull and the nervous system so all of that you know what s- systemic or systematic um, configurations must be happening for this I want to say explosive moment it's not necessarily explosive but let's just imagine that Imagine if, impossibly, paradoxically, you had consciousness in order to explain the arrival, the event of consciousness in your infantile system. And what I think it amounts to is, well, imagine and consider you're experiencing experience for the first time. So... Um, what that would include, if we remember how, <laughs> that was a, an accidental pun, if we remember how memory works, memory in, in um, a large part for our experience anyway, is re-experiencing these, these like memory traces. So it's like, well imagine just like cold data of what happened. So you've got just, you know, non-conscious information about, I don't know, uh, what day it was, where you were standing, maybe some smells, colours, all these kind of things. So all of that non-experience, non-conscious stuff. And then when you remember something, I don't know, like what you had breakfast yesterday, so you kind of revisit that episode of you sitting there 
or maybe you were standing by the counter or whatever you were doing. So all those features you're now retrieving from memory and you relive them, you see them or experience them. And it, when you first become conscious, then it's the first time that these memories that you had before you were conscious can actually be consciously experienced. So beforehand they were used you know, in, a, in a, an organised way, a what I would call like a non-conscious sensorium. So there's like executive function, etc, etc, um, but no need for any experience. So kind of the world um, that the illusionists, um, most famously Daniel Dennett, um, I've forgotten the other guy's name. <laughs> Keith. <laughs> Keith something. Anyway, um, hopefully that'll come back to me. I'll re-experience the memory of, of knowing his name. Keith Frankish. I think I've just got his name there. Um, they, yeah, they believe that all these processes, um, this, like, binding of different perceptual modes, like, audio information and visual information, tactile, proprioceptic, um, emotional, kind of like mood, all, the, all these kind of um, inputs combined into what I'm going to call, and I think is called, a sensorium. And I kind of imagine that's kind of like a, um, a globe of sensory information organised and bound together. Um, you know, like a, an object will have your anticipation of what it feels like, obviously what it looks like, what it kind of like sounds like if you knock it and things like this. And so all that's kind of like bound together in this anticipatory map. And using um, our kind of theme of infants, what do infants do in order to map the world? They, they love going to novel objects, sticking them in their mouth, tasting them, feeling them, rotating them, knocking them. Um, it's fascinating to watch. Um, and you can just see what's happening is, well, what we tend to do when we're looking at an infant, we kind of project our own mind into their skull. And we kind of imagine them kind of going, oh, this is interesting, I'm going to taste this. But actually, I think it's, um, I think it's clear that what's actually happening is these systems of these perceptual systems are for the first time just mapping out taste as such it's not like they're obviously you, you don't think they're thinking oh i wonder what this tastes like or anything like that but you might you might still have the idea that there's some kind of proto version of that happening that kind of curiosity and blah blah but in fact before that can happen that you know there's very conceptual organization of taste as, as opposed to these other things, have to map themselves out, have to kind of um, be born. So that's what's being built up, the very foundations of um, the stuff with which you can be curious or you could be curious about. That, those foundations have to be seamed together and constructed. And that's what's going on when, um, as far as I can see, and I think other people um, understand it, um, that's what's going on. Infants in their early explorations of the environment and themselves um, let me just uh, pause this and I'm back again and again not much time presumably has uh, passed for you but again another couple of months how old is our infant now um, oh yeah 12 months it's just over 12 months heading towards actually 13 and loving nursery by the way <laughs> which is nice um, but just to sum up what I was just talking about um, um, so looking at an infant exploring and I'm going to say I was going to say its environment it still feels uncomfortable to kind of de-person um, personify um, you know <laughs> your, your own son for this particular instance um, um, so I'll say there or his there we go I'll just say his it feels natural. Um, but I'm just trying to be um, tending towards some kind of uh, philosophical clarity 
Anywho, so I just say in his experience, uh, no, exploration of the environment, I was saying what's what's happening is is it's better not to think of you know some um, pilot, some <laughs> Cartesian pilot, as it were, um, and certainly not a consciousness um, directing his explorations of of that environment, but rather think of subsystems, you know, cascades of chemicals um, articulating like a dopaminergic systems, i.e. goal-directed um, motor activity, um, integrated, of course, with the perceptual systems and this anticipatory mapping out of objects, really, this building up of, of um, what different objects feel like, how heavy things are, you know, finding correspondence, correspondences between associations between um, what things look like how big they are their scale and 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 then trying to move them etc and what I was saying before is rather than just projecting consciousness into that scenario which may be the case nobody yet knows whether there is consciousness there or whether there isn't we we certainly know at least academically that there need not be consciousness there that it's not um, necessary that uh, there be subjective experience within that 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 um, um, I was going to say behavior, but that presupposes there's only behavior there within that circumstance. Let's say, and um, and and the circumstance specifically here. This is what I wanted to summarize: is that this creature. Um, is building up a sensorium in the sense of, and, and by that I mean, sorry, just to avoid the word sense again, um, building up this sensorium, which is a mapping out of objects in relation to each other. Now, what's very difficult in just saying that, which is fairly straightforward, but the language that we have at our disposal, I'm saying like even now, like tastes and weight and things like this, all of those sen um, sensory kind of words, we always associate with consciousness, like I I'm or experience, you know, I experience the taste of something. I, I, I even said before, you know, the colours of objects. And of course, colour, you know, for us is always um, qualitative. It's, it's um, you know, we talk of the most famous qualia being colour qualia, you know, green or red, you know, or redness and greenness. So it's hard to not only imagine or conceive of a non-conscious mapping out of a sensorium or a non-conscious sensorium, and that by that I just mean a creature's, or imagine a robot's mapping out with its sensors, which we all agree would be non-conscious, mapping out of its environment, and there's like memory traces, just information stored in electronic circuits, etc. Um, some analogue to that... I'm suggesting we just just imagine so that we can articulate a possibility that I'm um, arguing for, which is perhaps human infants are, are non-conscious sensorium builders, as it were, just as everything else um, living would be um, um, in, in different degree. Um, and then at some point, the interesting thing, we have the arrival of, of, of consciousness, of experience, subjectivity. And, and beforehand, I, I tried to prompt that with, imagine if you could actually see into that happening. Like you could experience your own experience happening for the first time. Or, or imagine my son, I'm watching him, and then, and then let's say I had... The, the right theory and I know that there's a circumstance happening so I know there's let's say a particular age and then a certain environmental or even social situation that that will prompt this sudden arrival this Rubicon of, of no turning back he'll always have consciousness from this point and I know it's going to happen I could watch him and it would you know you'd imagine suddenly like you know the eyes widening and just like looking around and going not only is the system now processing sensory information but it's there's something now in there there's the experience of that a mind it's suddenly a non-minded creature 
full of sophisticated behaviors and activities you know even even to even to the extent and beyond of verbal communication interaction playfulness all of this behavior rich behavior intricate subtle behavior intelligent behavior can all be described by by non-conscious systems uh interactions um and then and then those very those very um integrated economies of interaction giving rise to this this experience of of, of itself this this quintessentially difficult thing then to to describe <laughs> there we go um so there's a question and and what what's now prompted me to to um try to record <laughs> this podcast which maybe I'll then um, make over a number of years who knows but I should publish this soon um for all seven of you <laughs> to listen to I hope you're having a wonderful day by the way apologies for my rudeness I haven't even inquired how you're doing um oh yeah what prompted me the other day to to start recording again was yeah, just interact with my, I think it was this morning, interact with my son having breakfast and, and him playing with me in like a verbal game. Like you could see something in him making me laugh and knowing that that's what's going on. And then, and then I was just like completely wrapped in potentially the illusion that he has consciousness. Um, and, and I haven't been afforded the time, as um, many parents will, will attest to, to 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 be able to think of any philosophy um um etc <laughs> for a while um so partly the podcast is just to 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 you know move towards thinking which i haven't done for a while um my my job unfortunately only involves a little bit of of, of philosophy um at the moment and so i'm very busy with that i'm, I'm busy with my lovely infant um, who might not be infant, infants without speech for much longer. There's certainly meaningful, you know, from his end, as it were, there's meaningful um, articulation happening. It's just um, the, you know, the, the, the non-conscious uh, machinery to form recognisable um, phonemes on our side. <laughs> That's not yet happening. Um, which I guess is very obvious when you think about it. It would go that way around. Like he knows what he's what he's saying, you know, pointing to things, and you can even hear like the intonation and um, and distinct like syllables seesawing up and down. Particularly very early in the morning when he's when he's kind of desperate to convince me to um, lift him out of the cot and and escape the boredom of 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 uh, the darkness. And go and uh, eat and play and things like this. Um, anyway, and, and yeah. Um, so you know, all of our, all of our. Um, I'll just say sorry. It's an, probably an inappropriate word, but psychology, the, or disposition towards another creature and indeed another person, uh, well, <laughs> human being assumes or presupposes that they are in some sense minded like they're you know we'll refer to them with pronouns instead of um, what may well be the, the the case of you know subsystems having their own subroutines running that outwardly display all these rich and interactive behaviors etc um what was i going to then say i was then going to I wanted just to point out that, um, oh yeah, my own reflections then was, well, you know, either he he always has had experiential consciousness and it's and it's you know gradually like developed, um, which is kind of the appearance, or um, it's an event yet to happen, or it was an event that has happened; it wasn't gradual, or as the illusionists state, Keith Rankish, <laughs> I'll just say his name, um, and others, uh, although they're a minority, um, 
they suppose that it never will happen because it, it never has happened because there is no consciousness um, in this reality, in this, in this wonderful multiverse. Um, now, well, I'll just say as a caveat, people like, for instance, Daniel Dennett will say, oh, no, you know, they definitely believe in and agree that there is consciousness, um, but they strictly do not mean experiential consciousness, uh, experiential subjectivity, which is, well, precisely what the word means and what everyone else means it by. Um, I think the, close, the, the, the fairest and, well, not fair, I just mean um, most truthful, accurate and, and clear phrase to describe what someone like Dennett means by consciousness if if he insists on maintaining to use the word he just means metacognition so anything that's gone beyond what we might merely call cognition but means uh, but go on to say metacognition so there's some you know integrated or non-linear um economy involved then he would say yeah that's what we mean by consciousness um, which isn't what anyone else means by consciousness. Right. Uh, um, I did remember actually what I just wanted to say in talking about interacting with my son, which was, oh yeah, so our disposition to, uh, as I described it before, to, to presuppose that other human beings, even infants, have, or even especially infants, have consciousness, because, you know, we're... Uh, you know, we feel so much of their fragility and vulnerability and we have so much um, care for them and delight with them that, you know, they bring so many people together. They, It's wonderful um, seeing people in, on, on the street just saying hello, wanting to interact. And the <laughs> same thing happens if you own a small dog. <laughs> um, it's all very nice, but um, and it all makes, let's say to be scientific, like evolutionary sense, why we should be, let's say, limbically disposed to to care for and be protective and relax any aggression-type subroutines in our, in our systems. So that all kind of like makes sense why we would feel that way. But maybe to be more accurate, instead of just conflating... Uh, let's say um, a human person inside with with the system having consciousness. It's more like um, what used to be called, and you will see how it's so badly named, uh, theory of mind. Um, a, a key diagnostic um, feature of um, Asperger's syndrome and um, autistic spectrum dis- um, disorders um, better better named vantage perception so it's to say that when I'm interacting with my infant I'm powerfully moved to project a vantage of him in other words that system has agendas has emotional significant re- responses and interactions, has memory, has knowledge, and has a distinct set of these things from my own. That's what we might call, as previously theory of mind, or better, vantage perception. So it's not just about his literal point of view or line of sight in the room, he being able to see what's behind my head, until, uh, you know, things that I can't see until I turn around and things like that. So it's not just line of sight, but, um, so like a, a literal vantage, but also the collection of his, his memories as distinct from mine, or which ones overlap, etc. So that's what we project, and, and so, so to summarise, that's maybe, um, that's all I need to say at the moment, if I'm, if I were to argue that my son has not yet encountered consciousness if the consciousness is not has not arrived or exploded there yet he certainly has vantage perception and um you know um i I certainly don't think there's an understanding um 
well, well, the vantage perception itself isn't, you know, this sudden thing that arrives. It, it can be developmental. And this is the kind of thing where we talk about uh, uh, the mirror test, um, such as, you know, um, putting like a, a dab of paint on an infant's nose or cheek. You present them to a mirror. Do they try to wipe it off the mirror, i.e. The, 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 the other baby, or the baby, a baby, <laughs> in the looking glass? Or do they, as it were, reach through the looking glass and, and do they wipe their own nose, their own cheek, um, on their own face? And so there, you know, some people understandably kind of leap to the conclusion that, oh, if they can do this, if they have vantage perception, i.e. they understand in some sense that, or the system makes the calculation that that image of a baby identifies with the system itself that that is consciousness or or means that consciousness must must be in place but i think logically physiologically there's nothing or not physiologically sorry scientifically and logically that there's nothing to say that that consciousness must be at play this is and why I used the kind of the term calculation just back there was was to say that well, non-conscious system in building up its as it were resolution of the environment that resolution includes vantage perception. Different creatures around it have different vantages, different memories, etc. Points of view um, have different habits of f- feeling and behaviour. And then the more difficult step to to then, as it were, realise or come to the calculation that, oh, I am a creature among others. And unfortunately, there again, I have to use the term I, which is a very big word. It, it, it is like synonymous with subjective um, experience or consciousness. Um, I am that I am. Um, but, or... I think, therefore I am, and on and on. Um, and so I, I can understand how that, how, how the, the gaining of vantage perception would strike one as synonymous with, with consciousness. And perhaps just to speculate here, not for the lay person, but more for the, as it were, the, the undergraduate or the, the, the thoughtful person coming into understanding what these things are for the first time, i.e. what vantage perceptual theory of mind is, um, how sophisticated non-conscious processes can be in terms of motor articulation and communicative um, subroutines, um, etc., um, then I can see it's very understandable and very tempting, uh, kind of like elephant trap, to think, oh, this is, this is, this is where consciousness arrives. If they were already under the impression that Consciousness, like myself, uh, my own opinion, or intellectual opinion, I guess, or educated guess, is that consciousness is not always there, like the panpsychists in some sense believe, um, but uh, and, and and doesn't, or either it arrives gradually, or which is more like a, well, a pre two thousands David Chalmers kind of like things. Um, or just arrives. David Chalmers, just to make a note, I think, I remember reading, you know, the, what's it called, the, the sorry, very, very famous book, um, or papers before that, you know, the hot, the, the very phrase, hard consciousness, of con- uh, hard for, um, question of consciousness. He supposes that a thermostat even has some degree of consciousness, something very minimal. And then going, looking at systems um, ever more complicated and complex, um, like a mouse, and then maybe shifting up a bit more, um, a dog, and then, you know, finally, dolphins and human beings. <laughs> I should have stopped with dolphins. <laughs> and finally, dolphins, <laughs> the highest being on, on our planet, um, and wherever else dolphins have, uh, Constructed rob- uh, robots and um, space elevators too. Thanks for all the fish. 
Yes, um, but yeah, I remember, yeah, even then I was um, of the opinion that no, it, it, it doesn't make sense that a thermostat would have consciousness, it just doesn't. And to go non-scientific, I, I apologise if I've already stated this in the first episode where we looked at consciousness, but I think it's worth mentioning again. So just to get, let's dive into the humanities um, and, and religion. And what I'm looking for there is myths or metaphors. Um, I, uh, what do I need, mean to say? Like mimetic or descriptive um, visual visualizations concretizations is that the word um or ah there we go representations that's the word so artistic creative representations of the event of consciousness and two okay i've got three now um immediately strike me one is the beatific vision so it's like a a a direct apprehension of the godhead I think um, m- most famous, or I, I only know it from, let's say, Christianity. And interestingly, there are pictures of beatific visions, and and maybe I invite you, and I think I'll do this this afternoon, let's go and have a look at some, an array of, of paintings, depictions of the beatific vision. And instead of just reading that as, um, you know, some... Um, some interaction with, sorry, some contact with God, let's say. Let's just look at it as a re- an unknowing, an unwitting representation, some, some kind of poetic expression of the experience, of experience something for the first time, as I said previously. There's, you know, something in us, some memory, some amazing moment if <laughs> what i'm philosophically arguing is correct i.e that consciousness does arrive um as i spelled out um in in the first episode my theory of consciousness um this this event of it happening um i think i sorry just to name it um I, you know i haven't thought about this for so long but the repetition of the gaze that's what i would say um consciousness constitutes so it's it's in other words another um a, a couple of steps away or precisely two steps away of further um complex development of the vantage perception so vantage perception very much connected I, I believe um to consciousness kind of countered to kind of what i was saying earlier but um in absolute no contradiction I'm just saying it's certainly not identical with consciousness. It's uh, fully non-consciousness. Anyway, I don't want to, sorry, revisit that at the moment. Um, but what was I saying? Yeah, the beautific vision and, and the paintings of that. Um, are there any clues in, or kind of like um, evidence, I guess, a species of evidence, just, you know, just artistic evidence to that correspond or resonate with what, what I'm um, arguing here, um, the first experience of experience as such, you know, um, and, and what, what, what might that limbically mean? Does it mean that our limbic system has, you know, this new feedback loop? I hesitate, I really do hesitate to, to say things like that, because I'm just kind of cutting across the mind-body interaction, (laughs) Um, what shall I say, problematic, um, uh, which, uh, which will just muddy the waters completely, but no, are there, yeah, clues, so is there evidence to say that my idea is, my theory is, is correct there, or might there be clues within these depictions of something that I've missed, um, or an alternative, or, and so on. So that's one place in the, within the humanities where we, we might see the theory of consciousness as an event, as a, a repetition of the gaze. And so the gaze, just very quickly, is a repetition of the, the structure of vantage perception. 
Okay, and, and that's all to do with like the, 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 the perceptual system's relation to itself, um, which is, as it were, a map of the environment that includes itself, and then the gaze is, um, or rather the, the, the vantage perception is, is a map of the environment that includes vantages, other creatures having vantages, that is vantage perception. And then the gaze would be that model or mapping out of the environment to include the system itself having its own vantage relative to other creatures having vantage perception. And that's what we call the gaze, G-A-Z-E, having uh, the gaze. And then consciousness would be this, this gaze unto itself, so taking into that picture not just its own vantage, but but its own vantage of itself, which is um, distinct from the first appearance or possible way that the, the gaze can enter this resolution of mapping out the environment um, perceptually, which is another creature having a vantage perception and, and where it becomes relevant that, oh, the predator can see me or the rustle of leaves in the forest means that something else could be aware of my 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 position or the system's position as it were um and that's all i say there that that was fairly clear for something that is rather subtle and and um complicated and there's no getting away away from it but following it through a few times um it it, it gets a lot simpler as i suppose is true for anything um so i shouldn't have said that perhaps um what were we saying just before that? What was I saying? Um, oh, beauty. Oh, right, the second representation from the humanities. Oh, that would be, um, again, it's, it's, it's um, religious. In fact, I f no, it's just the, the third example I've remembered. I can't remember the second one. Anyway, the, the third example would be the, in fact, the story of the Garden of Eden and the tasting of the apple, and and then even Adam realising or becoming aware that they are naked for the first time. Which I find very interesting, and, you know, it's one, I mean, you know, this is, sorry, this is a pre-Christian narrative, and and who knows what other threads were woven alien to each other at certain points historically for you know hundreds of thousands of years i imagine um sumerian was it before that? i can't remember um, but anyway um it's very interesting or or here's a, a resonance to give an example where before i said are there resonances within these paintings of beatific visions and my idea of this event of experience arriving or exploding into a into a perceptual system, um, a creature. My son, my infant, suddenly becoming, having consciousness, not because of some spontaneous, non-causal thing, but actually emergent, strongly emergent of new cognitive perceptual developments, i.e. this repetition of the gaze going on in, in that system, given enough sophistication within, within that economy of its... Um, perceptual system and cognition um, um, yeah here's a resonance where Adam and Eve have eyes they can see each other they can literally see each other's um, breasts stomach thighs penis <laughs> etc and then um, sorry I'm trying to pick things that feel particularly naked <laughs> sorry to be slightly rude and then, um, um, and then, eating this apple, and of was of the tree of um, not good and, and evil, but the, the tree of knowledge, isn't it? Which is curious. You expect it, it seems to all it seems to be about bringing sin and death, and um, an act of. Um, Disobedience. So, so you think this tree has has everything to do with morality, but and it and it doesn't have anything to do. It's knowledge. It's epistemology. It's an epistemological transformation somehow, or or or, or root, as it were, source. And um, sorry, I'm, I'm 
I'm not only mixing my metaphors, what am I now doing? <laughs> just can't... I don't know. <laughs> um, some other thing than mixing, anyway. Um, so, they, yeah, they, they can see each other's anatomy, naked flesh. And they eat of the tree of knowledge. Nothing physically changes. They don't have a second pair of reptilian eyelids that draw back, or the scales fall, and then they they see each other. There's a a a shift in conceptual perception of one as to the other, or the fact of their being exposed. You know. There's, they've stepped into another world. They've become real. They see one another. Um, that I just, just resonates with the fact that, you know, there's a non-conscious system. It can see and behave and even talk. And then arrival of, of experience. And suddenly all those behaviours and, and speech and things, all that significant processing has from going from having sense and significance to now meaning it's experienced so nothing actually changes even the behaviors don't change necessarily but consciousness arrives and then everything changes <laughs> it's like nothing changes and everything changes and and here we're not just talking metaphor like you know what it is like to have have consciousness it's not only a big deal it's you can't even say this kind of thing it does not fit into our landscape of language it's 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 the very foundation of our meaningful language of 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 saying anything at all that's not just purely functional com uh, communication from from ourselves to other creatures when we're trying to propositionally articulate something that's disconnected from the world of survival and and i don't know some shadows or resonances with um curiosity all those communicative and survival kind of in interactions and behaviours, when we're scientifically trying to just get at the truth, or mathematically perceive some continuation of an independent variable, something, this is now, it, there's this disconnection, this, this is what I would call abstraction, um, which... I won't say too much more here, but abstraction is, is a term thrown around a lot without much definition. And when it is defined, it, it's reduced to something that it doesn't really mean. It's just reduced to something as in within computer science, we would, you know, just talk about um, a symbolic simplification of a given system such that you have extracted skillfully the the meaningful or, or or relevant causal components of a given messy situation. Like if you're going to explain to someone what a tree is, you'll abstract out the idea of, um, you know, the, the xylem and the phloem and the, um, the chloroplasts and, you know, and uh, roots. And you would just, you know, that's the, the key details of a tree. You know, you don't go into the texture of the bark and etc. 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 And all these other things. You know, what what essentially is a tree? Give someone an idea. Um, so you just kind of abstract it out. Or if you're going to draw an icon of a tree, you you know you you concentrate on certain details, not others. So that's what we, in lay terms, but also that that seems to dominate in um, and persist into academic writing, even into the most subtlest expressions of um, analytic philosophy of mind that's what abstraction is that's what's meant by abstraction or I've never seen it defined as as what it I think it ought to mean uh, principally or primarily which is this which is um, something that identifies more closely with what we mean when we say something is mental or phenomenological taken into the mind or um, it is necessary that there is a mind involved for something to be 
abstract. But here again, I'm we you you find yourself talking in presuppositional loops of saying, oh, abstract means mental, and mental means well, abstract. You can't have anything abstract until you have a have consciousness and. In order to kind of say something about consciousness, we'll say, oh, it, it enables abstraction, and then <laughs> around and around you go. It might be its own, and this is kind of a Chalmers new phase, his, um, what is it, um, the meta-problem of consciousness, which is to say that, oh, here we have these curious corners of language in philosophy of mind and neuroscience where we're you know, trying to account for either philosophically, logically, or scientifically for consciousness. And in this twilight zone of the explanatory gap, we start, language starts becoming either poetic or talking around in circles, and yet not just saying nothing, but saying something, but you depend upon that other person having consciousness and kind of knowing what you're trying to what you're gesturing towards you're kind of just signposting back to that other person's consciousness which is a nice way i think of describing what descartes performs or demonstrates in the cogito um this i think and it's not therefore i am it's i mean he literally states it um, of, of course in the french um i think and then he's saying or He's privy to this consciousness. That's what the I think means in, in the context, reading it carefully. Or not carefully, just reading it, you know. <laughs> honestly. Just reading it honestly for yourself. He's saying, okay, there's consciousness and this is... Um, simultaneously there, you have this kind of not leap forward or in any direction, but there's this, this parallelism of being that's what's happening there's this there's this not you don't if if you have a consciousness like that there, there are these you're, you're aware of your own thoughts or aware of your own sights and content um or the 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 content of your sensorium if you're aware of them and that's what we mean by or he means by i think if you're aware of the content of your sensorium including thoughts and um colours, tastes, objects, anything else, then then you are certain of your existence, your being. And that doesn't mean you know something. Um, I once had, had the, I wouldn't say pleasure of talking to Searle, <laughs> he's quite surly, <laughs> John Searle, but um, it was... Um, it was okay talking with him, but even he would be, you know, he's clearly a very careful, very sophisticated, interesting and, and, and successful philosopher and thinker, um, in the sense of, uh, successful in the sense of getting at truths and clarifying the situa situations, but, you know, even he would, would slip and say, you know, even, you know, it, you know, he has a, a vast and detailed understanding of Wittgenstein, even he would say, you know, that we know we are conscious, we, we know of our consciousness. But that's not the point, even, you know, Descartes, you know, even when you're, you know, as, as Searle would, when you're disagreeing with the Cartesian, or a, a cartoon version of the Cartesian um, cogito, um, you know, you acknowledge that um, the point isn't that you know something new when you reflect upon your own awareness of the sensorium, the consciousness. The point is that this is not like scientific knowledge. This is certainty. Hence, Wittgenstein's, you know, um, titling of, the, of his latter work, um, On Certainty. He, re he, he returns to, you know, simple straightforward epistemology of you know what is it to be certain of something as to knowing it um we can see this reflected again in um i think it's out of fashion now again um was it knowledge first epistemology that knowledge isn't 
um, doesn't have ingredients such as um, justify true beliefs. <laughs> That's a very old, old-fashioned idea, but is is a bit like the panpsychists are saying of consciousness. It's it's already a simple. It's already you know basic element of, of things. Um, right. I, I that was very old-fashioned of me there to um, of myself just to uh, go off on a few different tangents and threads. Sorry, which doesn't clarify things. But, um, right, shall we end things about there? Um, so I'm still, yeah, I think I've, I've, I've partly, no, I think I've successfully, for myself, escaped the illusion that my infant, my darling infant, has had his beatific vision, as it were, has the arrival of consciousness, which is very exciting. Um, oh, yeah, and I began by saying it's a dramatic question, because it... It drops in this morality, like if you're horrified and oh, I don't think my son has consciousness yet. And then at, at best people would think you're just muddled and, and contradictory because then, you know, I clearly love him and holding him and I'm interacting him fully as though he were another person, which I do. They're like, well, you, you understand me there, be confused. They're like, wait a minute, you're saying he hasn't got a consciousness, hasn't got a soul, hasn't got a mind, but yet you're talking with him and loving him. So what is it? Do you think he's minded or not minded? Well, what I'm saying is my interactions and love of him is, you know, has nothing to do with consciousness. That's already, you're, you're selling the non-conscious world short. It, it, it's the progenitor of love and vantage perception, interaction, communication, and all of these things. Um, and anyway, why not, shouldn't we go the other way? Treat non-conscious things as though you know they were or with the, the same dignity that you might afford a, a person with consciousness what have you got to lose they've got nothing to lose and and anyway um morally if we are going to speak or ethically of course i don't know if i'm right i'm i, I have no idea whether i'm right or, or wrong I, this is not a scientific theory i haven't even got means to measure or test it um we, the closest we can get is some kind of logic um logical tests as it were um, but always tending towards um, a scientific account. Um, so it would be unethical of me to to presuppose to act towards my infant um, as though he were an object. Um, because what if he can suffer, experiences suffering, you know? And anyway, I don't really have much of a choice. All of my emotions... <laughs> make me interact with him as though he might suffer you know i'm very i'm, I'm terrified if he falls off his scooter <laughs> or something like this you know i dive without even making decision that already happens automatically so yeah there's no contradictions there but i can completely understand how people would be confused by that um but i think i've escaped some of my confusion um, it was just, it was just the way he was playing with me, so meaningfully, in an almost like verbal game, kind of a sing-song noise, and then shaking his head, and then looking at me knowingly, the, the eyebrows kind of up and down, and making me laugh, and it was like this deliberate way that was happening, and so, you know, we're, we're projecting not only that vantage perception, but there's, you know, when someone's, if we're playing with one another, that, that is a kind of, traditionally or quintessentially intersubjective, you know, one, you know, meeting of, of true minds there. Um, but I suppose if, if even that we are giving to, in the first instance, non-conscious systems, if they are even com capable of play, well, that word deliberate is difficult because, you know, we, we as Nietzsche is at pains to point out, it always presupposes, like, a mind behind doing it, an agent. But all I mean by it here, and we need, like, two levels of language. We just need to say deliberate in the sense of there's some disposition with a non-conscious system that it's it has a particular goal, you know, even there I want to say in mind, but a particular goal on its agenda that happens. That's all I mean by deliberate there, i.e. it's not just incidental of some other agenda that's happening it's 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 pointed towards you know, a, a dopaminergic pathways involved in 
that play and that the eyebrows and me laughing, etc. Anyway, I think I've said that to finish off, let's just talk about chocolate. I think I may have made this point before, but it's a bit like, you know, people will say, well, love, you know, it's just chemicals, isn't it? And eating large amounts of chocolate famously or notoriously is chemically identical, identical to be to being in love as though to to reduce love to chemicals like that. Well, identically, we can invert this and say, this doesn't denigrate love. This elevates chocolate. How amazing is it? And chemicals, chocolate and chemicals, can achieve love and therefore participate later on in the day in the experience of love itself. So there's this, this other thing going on. Anyway, so we've just got more things to gain. So at the moment, perhaps, perhaps I'm interacting and in love with um, a non -con my non-conscious infant. But I've, I've got another world to look forward to where he, he has consciousness. And, uh, and then the play will be even more meaningful. Right. Thank you very much for listening. And um, when I have any new thoughts... Um, <laughs> You're very welcome to listen to them. Um, goodbye.